Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast, the podcast where we bring you weekly business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with leading minds in real estate and entrepreneurship to help you take your business to the next level. Hey, everybody. Kevin here. This is a special episode this week. This is actually a behind-the-scenes look, something that Fred and I did for our own team and a group of other realtors that we talk to each week where we deliver something that we call Growth Summit. This is an ongoing coaching. It's a very topical in nature type of call that we do once a week. And this week we touched on financing. Now, if you're a newer agent, this could be very educational for you from the standpoint of the process of financing and the part that it plays in a real estate transaction. If you're more experienced, perhaps you've got a team, this could just be a peek into a few different ideas of things that you could be training your team on if you're wondering what type of training you should be creating for them. So please excuse the fact that this is an internal dialogue, but I think you're going to get some real value out of this. So sit back and relax and enjoy today's episode and let us know what you think. If you'd like more of these, we do calls like this literally once a week for our team, and I'd be more than happy to deliver more of these here on the podcast. All right, y'all have a great day and we'll hear from you again soon. All right, let's get rocking and rolling. Uh, Let's try to get Kevin in the picture too. That'd be even better. Why do you look like you're sitting so low right now? That looks so tall. Maybe it's that chair. Anyway, welcome everybody to Grow Summit. Kevin Coffin, Fred Weaver. Got a lot of uh, Group 4610 team members here with us today. Welcome. May have a few of our EXP uh, family as well. So thank you for those of you from EXP for joining us. Um, we're going to talk today about financing. 101. 101. So this is not real in depth, but it's, well, but it's like a... We're gonna get we're, there. We're gonna get there. We're gonna build some build some momentum. This is gonna be probably at least a two week series. We'll see if it needs to go a little longer. But I want to talk for a minute about sort of why we're doing this because yep. yeah, we're gonna pass along some financing info that might be new to many of you or as a refresher and a good reminder. But I want to get really into the applicability of it, not just pass along info because I could have sent you to this training and just said read it again, but. Um, I think it's more important that we go to the depth of why do we care about financing information to begin with? I want to start there. Yeah. I mean, so number one, I mean, first of all, there's a lot of different reasons, but off the top of my head, the, the first one I think of is from an expectation standpoint, both. So we know what the expectations are ourselves mm -hmm. when we are either talking with a potential prospect or, or a potential client who's a prospect, or maybe even once we're under contract with a, with a client, and now we know what to expect during that transaction process, but also setting the expectation for the client yeah. and making sure that we are, um, we're relaying accurate information and reaffirming accurate information that our lender is also uh, relaying to the client. So yeah. I think that's, that's, to me, that's where I start. I like it. I would go as far as to say that one of the reasons why we care about this is that we actually can make way more money having more knowledge about financing. Turns out, yes. And when I say that, um, I don't just mean that um, we can convert more clients, though I do. But what I also mean is that by having a knowledge base of how the financing industry works and how to best work with our preferred lender and some basic knowledge around financing, we can also avoid working with clients that we're never going to get qualified to begin with. Or we might actually pick up, as I mentioned earlier, we might pick up some clients that we're asking a different set of questions to them than their friend who's a realtor, than their family member who's a realtor, than the other three people whose websites they've registered on are realtors 
right? And so we're asking a different set of questions and going to a deeper level that's showing our expertise in the industry. It also helps us to avoid landmines, right? Yes. Because some, sometimes the best way, you know, sometimes it's actually about not getting killed, like it, or it's about not getting beat, like, yep. uh, and avoiding potential, what looks like a deal today that you know is going to blow up because there's like these five red flags that if you don't know the process, you don't understand lending, you're not going to realize that they're actually red flags. You can think everything's fine. And then what happens is you look bad to the client and they end up never buying a house or at least not with you. Yeah. Well, I found myself a couple weeks ago, Kevin, I was on the phone with, uh, with somebody from a referral from my sphere. Okay. So a sphere referral. Um, and I had Joe Uber on the phone with me and it was a Sunday night and we were talking to this referral that I got from my sphere. And I found myself like just sort of naturally asking some questions that afterwards Joe and I were kind of downloading on it. And he's like, wow, like I, I realized like you were asking some questions there. Like, so we were talking through it and I realized there's some stuff I naturally do just because of my knowledge of financing. So yeah. as an example, this couple's recently married. So what, what, and they're, they're wanting to buy their first home. So what was going through my head was like, okay, which one of them is going to qualify for the loan or both of them going to qualify for the loan. I had remembered back to this particular girl. I had talked to her like a year and a half previous to that. She was thinking of getting real estate. She was a, mytho- a massage therapist. I and I, I said, Hey, are you still in massage therapy? Now to that, to the casual listener, that could have just sounded like I was trying to connect with her. I was, but I was also trying to figure out if she was in the same line of work from a year and a half ago when I met her because I know job history is important. You're probably also wondering, does she do that as a contractor or is she I actually went and asked her, her she, and her husband that. Yeah. Exactly. So like, does she actually get a regular paycheck because she works for a company or is she a freelancer, if you will, and maybe doesn't claim as much income? Yeah. Now, here's the deal. Like, I'm not saying that every one of us needs to go to that depth, but by asking those questions, she, they immediately had an understanding that I, I could help them get into a home and that I was asking a different layer of questions than maybe the average person who might just say, hey, we can get you approved. No problem. Have a great day. Right. Like, it's going to be great here. Um, I'm going to a little bit of a different level because what I'm going to encourage them at the end of the call, which I did to fill out a loan application with our preferred lender in Phoenix, Greg Gale. And wouldn't you know, I got, they were so motivated. We actually got them to fill a loan application out at nine o'clock on a Sunday night. Think about that. We're talking to them at eight o'clock on a Sunday night and at nine o'clock they're filling out a loan application. That's crazy. Right. But it was because of number one, their motivation. And then number two, some of the questions I was asking, I said, look, it's really important. You fill out this loan application. And they actually disclosed on the call to us, that um, there was some credit issues with one of them, that there had been some collections and stuff. I said, you know what? I know Gray's got a lot of different programs. Some are going to require some of those collections to be paid off. Some you're not going to have to worry about them. It's really going to depend on what type of collections. And that's not something I'm going to get into with you because I don't know that much about them. But I do know that sooner rather than later, we want a mortgage professional looking at your loan application and pulling your credit report. Yep. Because before we run out and even hold a consult with you this week or go show you houses, like we need to figure out what some professional is going to think about this situation, right? So again, I just backing up for a second. Why is financing important? It's important because we just want to, the more we know about the industry, the more options at our disposal, the more professional we can sound on the phone, the better we can use our time, the, the, just the more clients we're going to find that are attracting to us. Because guess what I found in this industry? The client doesn't separate a lot of times you from a financing expert. They look at it as a package deal. At the end of the day, we don't provide the lending, but a lot of times they look at us as the the expert that should be able to help them navigate that process. Well, I mean, think about it. If you've been in real estate for more than seven minutes, you've probably met more than one lender, Yep. right? And there's a reason why the lenders come and spend time getting to know the agents. It's because they understand that the lion's share of consumers call the realtor first. Yep. 
that's the, the, the realtor is the direct connect to a lender. Yep. And so it's because the, the, they believe, again, that we're attached to that. Whether we are or aren't, doesn't matter. They believe it. Yeah, so isn't that funny? The lending, co the lending companies actually know that we're the first financing conversation. Yep. So wouldn't it be just good if we just knew a little bit more info about financing? That's, that's kind of the idea here. So we'll jump into it. Some of this may be a, a little dry information we're passing along, well, but understand you can look at it as dry or you can look at it as, I could actually make more money with some of this well, info. Well, it's like that old saying, the, the more you know, the further you go, right? So, I mean, truthfully, that, that applies here. The other piece is too, is when you know more and you know what you're looking for and you know what a good lender is, using Greg Gale as an example, you know what one looks like, behaves like, acts like during a transaction, leading up to the transaction. When, when they do come in with, their, with another lender because they applied online at Quicken or whatever company, or Wells Fargo, et cetera, and they tell you, oh, we've already got our loan taken care of, now you you'll know what are the things to look for and why using the local lender like Greg Gale is actually a number one, a benefit to them, but number two, a huge benefit to you on your side to making sure you get paid at the end of the day. Yeah. And if you don't know financing, you're not going to feel confident in having that conversation. Right. And also just as a listing agent, we need to know this information. Yes. So I'll use Val as an example. Val's got a listing right now. She's got three offers on it. For all I know, she got two more overnight. I don't even know, but she's got three offers, right? And so part of what she's looking at when she reviews those offers is not just what's the price, but she's also trying to figure out, can these people take their offer to the finish line? Like can the lending company that they're approved with, are they actually going to get the deal done? Right. Uh, Ronnie, I think, uh, yep. I think he had more than one, one offer on one of his listings recently, or at least he was trying to review the offer and try to understand what should I know here or not? And I know one of the coaching advices you had for him was like, pick up the phone and call the lender. Like let, let's, let's get some more information here. Let's find out a little bit more about this. So I just want to bring, bring this to light. This is incredibly relevant, even though it may not feel like we're talking about real estate information, it's incredibly relevant to you making more money and being able to do a better job for your clients, which when you know, brings more referrals, makes you more money, et cetera. The more you know, the further you get. So, all right, here we go. Um, so why is it important? Well, we just got done talking about that. Obviously though, financing is the ultimate leverage tool. Like that's really what it is. Like, like when I learned about like real estate in, in the past, I learned through Carlton Sheets, no money down, right? Like you want to talk about outback real estate, right, Mikey? Um, but we learned that there's actually more than one way to finance a property, right? Now we're not going to get too into the outback today, but. The one of the great, the reason why people always say like, Hey, real estate is typically most people's biggest, greatest investment of their life is because for the whole dollar it is like you're not investing the entire amount yet you get the leverage of the entire like how much the house costs so if you put 10 grand down on a $300,000 house as an example you're actually getting the upside of all $300,000 appreciating it's not just on your $10,000 and so it is the greatest leverage tool and most people don't pay cash yep so we're going to talk a little bit about interest rates and affordability and loan pre-approval, and I'll kind of define mortgage one loan for a second. So a mortgage loan, just basics, let's get the definition out. You're borrowing money, a loan, and it's secured by a real estate property. Like that's important just to know, guys. A lot of people don't, you don't realize like the difference between secured and unsecured debt. Like, so just knowing that concept that there are some loans that are secured to assets and there are some loans that are not like that can just have you enter you into a different conversation if you don't know that. Right. So, um, buyers can obtain mortgage loans from mortgage bankers, mortgage brokers, savings and loans, credits and unions, or banks. Um, you know, at the time I wrote this was about three years ago. I used the language mostly extinct, but I'm actually going to take that off. You're They're seeing, starting to come you're back. seeing mortgage brokers come back in a bigger, better way. And perhaps in a couple of weeks, we'll, we can continue and talk about the benefits of a mortgage broker or, over a mortgage banker. 
But um, essentially, what are you going to do? A borrower is going to submit a loan application, right? So this is key, guys. If, if during, I, I'm not suggesting that with every client before you hold a consultation that you need to have them fill out a loan application. In fact, many times I would actually encourage you just to do the consultation because you need the practice, practice and you need the clients hiring you whether they can buy today, six months from now, or three years from now, you should get in the practice of that. However, there are other people like when I get somebody from my sphere referring me somebody and they say, I say, how soon do you want to be in your next home? We would move as early as next month. I'm like, okay, tell me about your current living situation. Yeah. Well, we have a lease, but we think we could break it, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's somebody that I probably don't want to waste three more days till we can hold a consult for them to talk to the mortgage broker. So in that case, uh, I sent them, or the mortgage banker. In that case, I sent them over, right, to Nova to fill out their loan. If app. not calling them directly in, on a, on a three-way call. And connecting them, right? So after you fill out a loan application, a loan officer is going to figure out essentially how much you can borrow. And then that loan application goes to a processor and eventually to an underwriter who's going to actually decide, right, how much the lending institution is willing to lend. I think it's important if you've never sold a lot of houses or haven't had this experience that you understand that loan officers are salespeople just like us. And a lot of times they promise things and they can't follow through on all the things they promise. So it's important Shocking. that you hear me say that is that a loan officer is a salesperson, right? A processor and an underwriter is a salaried person that works for the bank that's protecting the best interests of the bank. They're getting paid a very consistent check no matter if the loan closes or not. A loan officer wants to make money and will a lot of times say lots of things. That's why Jill has lots of I won't say fun fights. phone calls. Let's say fun phone calls with loan officers that work for other clients, right? That are trying to buy our listings because a lot of times they promise things that they can't deliver on. So I just want you to know that. Again, another reason why it's important to work with someone who you know and trust like Greg Gale and Aaron Phoenix. Yeah. So you can fill out a loan application in minutes. I, I mean, honestly, like it depends, you know, now the depth of it, like, you know, it could take you up to an hour to do that as I say here on the screen, but uh, it's probably good to know, like the, the preferred lender that you're working with, like, do they actually have an online loan application? What's the best way to do that? Can I send something to that site? Could I actually, if I'm on the phone with a borrower, send them to the site and have them pull it up right there on the spot and say, see that big button in the middle? Can you click that right now? Because how often do we talk to somebody on the phone and then they don't fill out the loan application or whatever the case Because the phone rings or the next, the next uh, you know, announcement comes on their phone or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, uh, real quickly, I want to point this out too. This is more like a little side topic for a minute. But uh, if you've ever kind of wondered or been asked, like, well, is buying a home really better than renting? Um, so there was actually uh, a couple years ago, a great rent versus buy analysis. There's a lot of those out there. But I liked this one because it had a more sophisticated, like comparable piece on the market. You can click, uh, I don't think you guys can click on this link, but we can send it out to you later when we post this in group 4610 in the exponential collaboration group. We'll go ahead and include a link to that. But you can also go into the training and train and click that live link. And it's going to actually take you to an interactive rent versus buy calculator. I'm not going to go through it right now. But this is a kind of tool that maybe you should play around with. Like maybe you've never done this work before and you've been asked by people, well, why should I buy a home or is it really better than renting? Play around with a buy versus rent calculator. Especially if you've never purchased a home before. I think that's really important. A lot of agents get in the business and they've never owned a home. That was me. Back in 2004, didn't own a home when I got a license. But you know what? And I actually encouraged somebody recently to do this. Like, maybe you should go through the process of applying for a loan, even if you don't plan on buying a home anytime soon, just to know what that experience feels like. You should feel what the client feels. Right? I think that's really important. So should a borrower or a buyer start by shopping interest rates? Let's talk yeah, about that for I a minute. Mean, this is the most common thing, right? Is, yep. hey, I'm going to go rate shopping. And the reality is, is, 
it's the biggest mistake you can do as, as a home buyer and and it's the worst advice you could ever give as a realtor to to your clients um listen this is a service business and granted yes some banks are going to offer a slightly more competitive rate than others at the end of the day they're going to be relatively close what you want to do is is you want your clients working with someone that you know like and trust who has a track record of treating their clients well uh, and will not overcharge them or, or anything like that. So, I mean, that's how I would answer that to start. Yeah, and again, if you've never been through this process or you're newer to real estate, you get asked questions by clients all the time. Well, I saw interest rates are like uh, in the still high 4% range. Is that right? Like that's the worst question known to man, but clients and people say that a lot, right? Uh, interest rates are contingent upon the type of loan program, the type of income the borrower has. Down They're payment. dependent upon down payment, the assets, the individual. Credit there's, score. there's so many factors that go into interest rates. So, uh, you know, this is where you don't want to be in the business of quoting interest rates. You want to be in the business of connecting people to a great mortgage partner to do that for be you. In the business of having a script like what makes you ask that. Tell yep. me more. So again, you know, once a loan officer and lender found what's the next steps, you fill out a loan application. In fact, you can, you already have a preferred lender, most likely. You can work with them to say, when I have somebody, what's the best way for me to do that? In fact, you just mentioned a strategy earlier, which I love, which is, hey, I'm going to be holding a consultation tomorrow at three o'clock, Greg. Will somebody on your team be available to maybe either join me in person for that consult because this person's never bought a home? Or would you be available by phone or Zoom so we could actually bring you in? What, what a cool way to connect somebody to the lender, though, if during the consultation, they're actually connected right there on the spot with the lender. Yeah, I was going to say, some of, you, some of you may know this, but uh, and if you don't, check with Steph, Stephanie Piper. Like, I've seen her she, many a time. She's had a representative, especially early on, from the Gale team in the consult with her. So they could actually take a live consultation. I mean, that's, that's part of the reason why she's excelled so much and understands this process better than most. Yeah, and what better way for you to learn, too, than to be a part of that? Like, I encourage you to try to be a part of those conversations. Ask the loan officer, He's hey, can I be on the call with you? Like, because yeah. imagine what you're going to learn, the questions they're going to ask, and some of the things that you could just pick up by, by hearing those conversations. So anyway, I think it's awesome. Um, so does it cost anything to initiate a loan app? So if you've never bought a house before, you probably don't know this question. No, not really. Although some lenders will pass along uh, a fee for pulling the credit report. Um, that's kind of a standard charge that many lenders out there will charge. But no, it doesn't actually cost anything to pulling a loan application. And while we're on it, one of the big misnomers out there in the industry and in the world is that people think if I fill out a loan application and somebody pulls my credit, my credit score is going to go down. That's not actually true. Now, it is true if you run out to a car company, a credit card company, a mortgage company, and you try to go buy some furniture on a loan and you do it all within a short period of time, that your credit score may get affected from multiple inquiries, yes. But if you have a lender pulling your credit to look at a mortgage, your credit score is not being uh, affected. So let's just make sure we say that. So what are the main factors that affect a borrower's monthly loan payment, uh, down payment, interest rate, and length term of the loan? So we kind of mentioned that, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean... How much is the house we're buying? What are we putting down? What's the rate? How long are we, how long are we going to take to repay it? Pretty simple formula. Yep. And then what's an appraisal for? Who does it? Make sure we cover that. An appraisal is basically, it's, it's the bank's protection mechanism. The bank, believe it or not, doesn't want to trust you or I with what we think a home is worth or what the borrower or the buyer thinks the home is worth. So they're sending out an independent third-party person to do an appraisal on the home. Now, I think the appraisal industry will probably change over the coming years, but as it, as it currently stands, that's the way it's done. And they're obviously looking at factors including location, condition, and recent comparable sales in the area. So just want to make sure we're mentioning that. Um, so how much are closing costs on a typical loan? Well, there's one of those other fun questions like, 
I would just answer you by saying three to five percent. It, it depends. Yeah, you guys got to understand that this is one of those things where it's going to be relatively the same, but the way it's packaged and presented from the from the bank from the loan officer is going to sound different. And sometimes we'll be like, oh, we don't charge anything up front, or it's a free mortgage. Nothing is free ever in this world. So you got to understand there's a cost to borrowing the money. And the one thing I would highly recommend you do, and it's something we've always done here in the Phoenix market, is make sure you go spend some time at the Gale team office or whoever your local lender is and understand their fees, their process, et cetera. Of course, you picked this up if you sat in on a few consultations and went over the, uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, settlement statement, et cetera, as as well as all the, uh, the fees ahead of time that they give you as an estimate. Yeah. I'll just say this. I used to work in a mortgage uh, bank and I learned this real quickly when I worked at the rate lock desk for Washington Mutual back in the day, there was a big old long sheet of different interest rates people could offer for the same different loan program. And some of them would pay that loan officer more and some of them would pay the loan officer less. Guess which one most loan officers wanted to sell. Right. So just understand that you, the reason you can't compare it is because some people will, as you mentioned, they'll charge low fees, but higher interest rates but they'll advertise that it costs less to get the loan and some will charge mid to higher fees, but lower interest rates. So you can move the numbers and the math around is what we're trying to tell you. Let's say you have a buyer say, Hey, I want to buy a home in this neighborhood in um, (coughs) say Lascendas, right? And there's four identical homes and all four of them have the same floor plan for the most part, the same features, but one of them offers more commission. Think about it that way. Like let's literally have the loan industry works. Yep. Yeah. So they get to tweak their fees to make stuff look differently. It's an interesting industry. Anyway, so interest rates and affordability, um, we call it purchasing power is basically like, it's the amount of like, it's like, how much can I get, right? How much can I get for my money? And here's where purchasing power comes into play is I want to talk about this for a minute because we do see fluctuations in interest rates. We saw interest rates throughout 2018 for the most part go up. But then towards the end of 2018, we actually saw interest rates start going down a little bit. Definitely staying down. Yeah, and they've actually been staying down right now. So that'll be interesting to watch this year. But here's why you guys should care about interest rates is because interest rates affect purchasing power and affordability, right? So look at this example I'm going to show right here. Every time I look at this, I get blown away just by seeing the numbers. Let's assume you're working with a client that based on their income and their assets, right? So how much money they make every month, how much money they have in the bank, and they're going to put down on their home. Let's just say they can qualify for a $998 monthly payment. Okay. Okay. So the question then becomes, if my payment's $998, that's what I can qualify for based on my particular amount of money I make and the amount of money I'm putting down, how much house can I get? Well, look at what $998 gets you at 4% interest rates versus, say, 7 or 8% interest rates. At 4% interest rates, if you go down to the bottom there, you can actually buy a home for $209,000 with a $998 payment. However, if interest rates actually double all the way to 8%, which some people would say that's high, but if you were around in the, in the 90s and the late 80s, would people would, that would say that's high. low because yeah. interest rates were 18% at one time. So an 8% interest rate, though, with a $998 payment takes your purchasing power down to $136,000. So that's the impact that interest rates can have on affordability and purchasing power. And I think this is just like a good reason when you're talking to people and they're kind of saying, well, I'm dragging my feet a little. I could buy today, but I don't know if I'm getting in at the right time. I mean, 
trying to guess what interest rates are going to do is like trying to guess how much the real estate market's going to go up or go down. You never know. You can't, but what you can do is today you can look at interest rates and say, historically, they're some of the lowest they've been in the last 30 years. Look at the difference too in the interest paid. Like, okay, number yeah. one, you can buy a more expensive house, $209,000 at 4%, right? But you only pay $150,000 in interest on that 200000 Now, on go all the way it, to yeah. the top. 136,000 uh, borrow, you know, house, obviously that's a lot less house, no matter what market you're in. And now you've repaid just the interest portion of it, $223,000. Just look at it from that perspective of the, of the real cash on cash spread out over that 30 years. That's a big difference. Number one, you're getting less of a house, which means you're probably getting less of a return. And number two, it's costing you more money in the long run. It's crazy. For the same house. Basically, for every 1% increase in interest rate, it affects your purchasing power. Your purchasing power goes down by, we're calling it roughly 9 to 11%. Like, it, it just differs. Let's call it 10, just to make it a nice round number. So your interest rate goes up 1%. Your purchasing power just went down 10%. So at one interest rate, you might have got qualified to buy a house, and you were going to qualify at 200000 You waited too long, six months, interest rates went up 1%. Now, all of a sudden, you're only buying a house for 180 roughly. Right. Like that is a big, that's a big difference a really big in, in purchasing power. So just want to make sure where you guys are thinking through that and kind of knowing that. So uh, we're going to kind of end on this note, Kevin, and then we're going to pick this back up again next week. We're going to keep going with this. There's a lot more content, but let's talk real briefly about the difference between being pre-qualified and getting a pre-approval. If we can right. say that. So what my experience is most agents use those two words, pre-qualified and pre-approved as one in the same, and they are not one in the same. They are two completely different things. And, it's easy to get fooled and it's easy to not understand where your client really is in the process or potential buyer for your listing if you don't know the difference. So pre-qualified. Pre-qualified means that a borrow has been initially pre-screened. It's just getting your foot in the door as you put there in, in the text. It's a loan application to take over the phone, quick credit check, but they are not, they've not verified anything at this point, right? No. They've taken the, they've taken the borrower or the client at their word minus the credit report. Yeah, so where this comes back to bite you is a lot of big banks do this, guys. So if you have, have, a, have a listing, you would never take your buyer to Wells Fargo or Bank of America and recommend they get a mortgage. You would never do that. But you might have a listing and you might get an offer from somebody who submits a Bank of America pre-qualification letter. And that's their, that, you know, that's basically their PQF, so to speak. If you live in Arizona, that's what we call it. Whatever, that's their pre-approval. Well, it's not a pre-approval. It's a letter from Bank of America saying, we, we're gonna qualify this guy based on what they told us up to this amount. Basically, if everything's true that they told us and we can yeah. verify it, then we will. But, but, but they, they said their wife made $40,000, but what they, what they forgot is that really they make 35 and then they get bonuses and they work overtime and so they earned 40 last year, but the base pay is 35. And so now we have a $5,000 difference in income that when we go to pre-approve you in the underwriter and the processor look at this, it's gonna bring the buying power down, right? Or somebody said they had $25,000 in their, in their account, but really we go look at their balances and well, at one moment in time over the last 90 days, 25,000 sat in there, but the average account balance is really X amount. So now it's changing the amount of reserves that somebody has on hand. So it really matters. You do not want your clients getting pre-qualified. You want them getting pre-approved. And a pre-approval is where somebody is actually not only getting an application done and their credit being pulled, but they are submitting documentation that supports the information they put on the loan application and supports the amount the bank or the, the mortgage company said they would loan them. This is where the underwriter that we talked about earlier comes into play. 
So this underwriter has taken taken a look at all these documents, the processors put them all together, and they verified all the information that they've received from the client matches up with everything they told them on the front side. Yep. And now we can say, okay, time to issue a pre-approval once yep. we verify it. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're, we're going to kind of wrap it up there just because I don't want to go longer than 30 minutes talking about financing because I know it's not a sexy topic, but I want you guys to know that you really can empower yourself to make more money and, and convert more clients by having a deeper knowledge. Here's what, I, here's my, here's my challenge for you in the next seven days. If you're a seasoned agent and for this, for you, this was just a refresher. Awesome. No problem. Maybe you can help a couple other agents out. Maybe you just want to get a little bit better at some of the questions you're asking with your scripts over the phone. Maybe this kind of brought you some new ideas. If you're a newer agent and or you've never bought a home before in your life, I want to really encourage you set a time to sit down with your preferred lender. If you're in Phoenix, set a time, reach out to Greg Gale and his team. Maybe even ask them if they'd be okay if you filled out a loan application on their site. Or maybe don't ask, just fill it out anyway. And then call them and tell them and see what happens. Why not just do it and see what happens? I really think it would help you go through the process. That way, when you get a buyer and do a consult, you actually can speak to what the process feels and looks like and you're knowledgeable about what those steps are. Maybe you haven't bought a home in 10 years and you just need a refresher. Maybe it would be a good idea for you to fill out a loan application too. It's kind of as realtors, we get reminded how hard it is to move and buy stuff when we have to go through the process. So I wanna encourage you over the next seven days, take some action, do something with some of the info you learned here. We'll pick up again next week and continue this conversation, but I hope we're, we're challenging you or, and maybe causing you to learn a few things that's gonna help you make some more money and maybe even save some time, which in the end makes you some more money. That'd be fun. So thanks guys for joining us. Have a great rest Have of your day. Have a good day. We'll keep this going next week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey guys, I want to take a minute here to make sure you know all about the event Next Level Agents Live, April 25th and 26th, 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada. This is a two-day event brought to you by myself, Fred Weaver, and our business partner, Cody Gibson, in the Next Level Agents Facebook group. Now, this is going to be the best real estate event of the year, hands down, guaranteed, or your money back. We will be bringing experts from all sorts of different niches in real estate, leadership speakers, etc. You wouldn't even believe the cost. To go get all of the details and to register now, you can do that at nlalive.com. That's nlalive.com to register. We'll see you April 25th and 26th, 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada for NLA Live 2019. See you there. Register now. Hey, that's it for today. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. If you found this valuable, do us a favor. Please review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share this with your friends. And for more great content, check out KevinAndFred.com. That's KevinAndFred.com. We'll see you soon.